One of the, the things over actually the last two or three years um, has been the, the, the volunteers who have served throughout that period and uh, they've done remarkable. And, and I know many feel tired and exhausted, but they've just kept going faithfully. And uh, there, there are many within the church. And, and part of what we do in June is we kind of look back and we look forward. And, uh, and certainly the, the thing that, that uh, as I look back, has been the faithfulness of, of people like Jennifer, who have, have sat and been faithful Sunday by Sunday, welcoming people, um, and, and, and seeing the fruit of that welcome and that faithfulness worked out in the life of the church. And uh, so it's one of the things I'm so thankful and grateful to God in relation to for those individuals. And I know many of us are tired, so it's time for new people to start coming forward. And, uh, and uh, if, if, as Jennifer spoke, you kind of think, hey, that's something I'd like to do or be part of, do go and speak to her. Don't just have the thought, but go and, uh, and do it. In, in the autumn, when we come back, we're going to be spending quite a bit of time looking at the whole idea of calling and, and exploring what we are called to as individuals. And, and that doesn't matter what age you are, uh, but we are all called by God, and we're called by God to be doing things at this particular moment in time. And, and it's important that as a church community, we understand what that calling of God is on our life, not just within the church, where we're going to talk hopefully quite a bit about the idea of calling in the world and outside. Because at the moment, and, and again, you don't have to go far beyond the headlines. I mean, our society is struggling. <laughs> if you're a doctor or a teacher or you're in law enforcement or any other profession that you probably can think of, at the moment, it's hard going. And so we want to talk about in the autumn about what the calling of God means in relation to work. Also, for those that have retired, uh, you'll know a million people took retirement over the last couple of years, they reckon. And, and what, what's people's calling now? It, it doesn't mean God, God doesn't sit there and say, okay, do nothing now. Uh, God has a calling still on your life. And the question is, what is that calling? And, and it's not. And, and, and by the way, that calling is not, oh, well, I've done my time. Now I'll let those who are younger get on with it. But, but actually, you still have a calling. And, and we want to explore what that is. We want to explore what the calling is within the church and what service within the church looks like. So have a good summer. <laughs> have a nice rest. <laughs> and then come back ready for the challenge and task that God is setting us as the people of God in exploring our calling both within the church community but also outside in the world of work. And uh, it's going to be an exciting time. It's also going to be an exciting time because we're going to be exploring what kind of church God wants us to be. And uh, with this, this in mind, we've got next weekend, which is the gathering, and, and then our anniversary service. I know quite a few people are away. Uh, for some reason, holidays seem to have elongated this year. And uh, they, they seem to have started a wee bit earlier. But nonetheless, it's an important time as we seek God. In fact, uh, on uh, the, the, the Friday night, we've, we've actually got the, the message uh, here, who are a youth outreach. So all this week, there's a massive youth outreach going on. And then they're going to have a big concert here. 
and uh, you can all come along, but just be warning. If you're like me, you'll find it too loud, okay? Just saying. And, uh, and, uh, but, I mean, amazing that there's going to be an outreach, and then they're all going to be gathering here. Uh, and then on our Saturday morning, we're going to be seeking God. And one of the critical things that we're going to be struggling with or, 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 or seeking God with is, you know, what is the nature of SBC? One, one of the things we're going to look at is the question of one service or two. And, and, and uh, a, a very important question to grapple with at the moment. And uh, because if we choose one service, well, that's going to have certain ramifications for us. If we choose two, it has different ramifications. And we're at a point where we kind of have to grapple with that question uh, as we go forward. And, and again, that isn't just for leaders to grapple. It's for the church community to grapple and pray and say, God, what are you calling us to at this moment? What is the future? And, and as we think about that future, and, and as I pray about that future and reflect on that future, that this overwhelming sense that I get and the scriptures that, that keep coming through is the idea that God is going to do a new thing. And, uh, and, and, uh, and next week as we, we meet together to celebrate the life of this church, David Bevington is going to be preaching and speaking into the life of the church, and then we're going to have a picnic, and then we've got baptisms at night, and, and, and all are marking, in a way, the past, because it's a church anniversary, but it's also thinking about the future and what God is calling us to in terms of a new thing. What one of the, we've been making up the, making up, <laughs> We've been putting together the, uh, the, the impact report for the life of the church. And uh, we, we've been doing our stats, for those who love stats. But, but one of the most remarkable stats at the moment, I'm told it's going to be 19 people next weekend have been baptized in the last year. 19 people in terms of the life of the church. That's amazing. That's, that's never happened since I've been here, at those kind of numbers. And, and, and it makes you think, wow, God, God is at work. But what's brilliant about baptism is it's meant to be about a new beginning, a new star. And, 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 and it's kind of symptomatic of what God has been doing, that God has been leading us into a place of new beginnings. And he's leading us as a church into a place of new beginnings. We, we, were, we were sort of debating what... what um, to, to call, to, to mark this gathering and, and also to, to shape the, the summer series. And we were saying, oh, well, is it rebuilding? Is it, uh, you know, build back better and all that? These kind of phrases. But actually, do you know what? I don't think it's about the old thing. I think it's about a new thing. And I think God wants to shape a new community and do a new thing. And I think for all of us, it's a really pertinent issue that we're facing. In Isaiah 43, and this is the text that I feel speaks into this for us as a church, is this idea as God speaks to Israel and says, Behold, I am doing a new thing. And, 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 and we see God coming, and, and it actually encourages us, forget the former things. Do not dwell on the past. See, I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs up. Do you not perceive it? I don't know if you've ever felt stuck 
I've given up. Uh, I was, I was uh, wedding down south this year, uh, this year, this week. Feels like a year. And uh, I, I, I don't know if, <laughs> you know, you, we, we used to drive from point A to point B without Google Maps. I know that's shocking, right? But we used to be able to do that. You know, we, we used to work out, like, where we're going to drive, and we'd drive straight. Now we rely on Google, which, which keeps rerouting you. Well, it did me. And, uh, and, and you find yourself driving down wee alleys and, you know, whatever happened to main roads and all sorts of things. And, and we've entrusted our lives to these machines. And, um, and uh, sometimes you kind of get stuck. I'm a, I'm, my New Year resolution is I'm going to abandon Google Maps, right? I'm going to go back to get an old-fashioned map and work out where I'm going. Uh, because we, we've, you know, we just let it take us where we go. And, and we kind of go with it. And then we find ourselves getting stuck. And I don't know if you've ever felt stuck in life. You know, I, I, I saw, especially with a picture from... Uh, the, the papers I saw this week of, of a tourist who'd been following Google Maps in Italy and they got their car stuck. And it's like, mm, yeah, we've abandoned our brains. And, uh, and, uh, and, 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 you know, you may have found yourself in this kind of place where you're unable to move forward or see any hope for the situation. You, you know, you may feel yourself facing a situation that is impossible to overcome. You've just got stuck, and it doesn't seem like there's a way forward or a way back. You're just stuck. And, and, and sometimes while you're there, you feel like God's for, you've been forgotten by God and, and abandoned by others. You know, sometimes as we look at our society, it feels a little bit like that. You know, our society feels like it's in a mess. It feels like we've forgotten God, but, but has God forgotten us? And, and for Isaiah and the prophet, as he spoke into the life of the life of Israel, they were feeling a little bit like this. What had happened was Jerusalem had been destroyed and Israel was in exile in Babylon. People were far away from their homeland and their temple. And uh, I, this is not to be offensive to anyone that's English, okay? And, uh, but, but, um, but, but one of the things in being in England this week has reminded me of this, um, <laughs> that, that one of the things I remember, I, I loved living in England and I enjoyed the community I was part of, but there was always a yearning for Scotland. And it's weird. I don't know why, why do you yearn for Scotland? But there's like this yearning for Scotland. And, and when I was down south, uh, at a wedding of some friends, uh, children. I was thinking, I wonder if they experienced that, that yearning for Scotland. And, uh, but, but that's what Israel was experiencing, this yearning for something else, for this other place. And, and maybe where they were wasn't bad, but it wasn't where they wanted to be. And Israel had been defeated, they had been humiliated, they had been humiliated, they were oppressed by their enemies, they had lost their identity, their dignity, and their hope. And there was a sense of forsakenness, a sense of hopelessness. And God sends Isaiah to speak to the people, and he says, remind them, I haven't forgotten remind them I haven't forgotten them. You know, one of, one of the truths 
And one of the, the things that we fall back on in terms of our future is that God has not forgotten us. You know, the, the, the story of SBC over the last year is God has not forgotten us. You know, that doesn't mean there's not been painful things. It doesn't mean that there's not been heartache and hard things and tough things. But the truth is, God has not forgotten us. And, 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 uh, he, um, and, and as the prophet Isaiah speaks in verses 16 and 17, he reminds them of past acts of deliverance. And uh, he, he speaks about the deliverance from Egypt. And God often does this. He, he reminds the children of Israel how he has guided them through the past. But, but the, the prophet then does something really surprising in, in verse 18 and 19. He says, now, we're not going to focus on that. God has worked in the past, but we're not going to focus on the past. We're going to focus on the new thing that God is going to do. And he talks about the future acts of salvation that we'll look at in a moment. And then he goes on into an amazing section about God's willingness to forgive. And then in chapter 44, there weren't chapters and verses in the original Bible, so it kind of flowed through. He actually expands on what streams of living water in deserts looks like, and he promises a time of renewal. And, and, and God invites the people to engage with that vision of the future that God is providing. And, and so he says in verse 19, see, I am doing a new thing. Or in some translations, it uses the word behold. See, God is inviting with that word behold. And, and uh, it, 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 it's, it, the, the word new is the idea of fresh, unprecedented, never seen before. Can we go to the next slide? And, and what God is saying is he's saying, stop dwelling on our past and start dreaming of the future. Stop looking at our problems and start looking at his promises. And, don't get me wrong, there are big obstacles, there, there are challenges, and every week I talk to people who are facing significant challenges in their own personal lives. But God says, don't look at that stuff. Consider the promises. Stop dwelling on the past and start dreaming of the future, because I am going to do a new thing. And, and for a lot of us, th this is kind of a challenge of faith because, because we like focusing on our problems, don't we? You know, we, we, we kind of like feeling, for our, feeling sorry for ourselves. And uh, you, you, you sit there and you're like, oh, I've got all this stuff and it's hard and it's tough. And, and you sort of reflect on it and you think, you know, it's not easy to have my life and, uh, and until you talk to somebody and you realize actually my life's not quite as hard as their life but you know our lives are hard and then it's easy to start to get consumed with that and then get consumed with the problems and get consumed with the obstacles and and, and get consumed with the impossibility of things but god says i want you to put your focus on the promises and who I am. 
And I, th there are many, many situations where I think there isn't really grounds for hope other than God. You know, my, my two favorite words in the Bible are, but God. But God. You know, there are situations where we talk pastorally to individuals, and, and you think, this is desperate. But God. But God, and God has not forgotten them. And, and so we are invited to do this. Behold, and, and then it said, I'm doing a new thing. Now, now, this is the, the kind of next idea here we have. Now, this, this word now in the Hebrew is at this moment, without delay, immediately. What it's saying is God is not procrastinating and God is not postponing. He is at work now. Well, one of the things... That, that we all have a tendency to do. We either like living in the past or we like living in the future. Uh, so, so we kind of think about how good it used to be. And, and usually that's always rose-tinted. Okay, just, just want, I mean, I, the, the wedding I was at, the, the, um, the, the friend whose daughter it was I was attending, I mean, he was my flatmate 40 years ago. And, and you just sit and you sit and talk about the old times and how good it was and all that. And actually, it wasn't that good at all. <laughs> you know, and, but you, if you actually think about it. But, but we kind of either live in the past. Oh, I wish I could go back there. Or I wish I could be there. Or we live in the future. Oh, you know, next month will be better. Next month. I, I, if I'm honest, sometimes I do that in terms of church. I think it's going to get better next month, next month. And do you know what happens? We miss what God is doing right now. Do you know, when I sat down and, and I reflected on the number of baptisms of people, in fact, I think we've close to 40-odd people have joined the church as well, and as I reflected on some of that, you know, I just thought, I've been missing all of this. And my, my, my grandchild came to stay with us for nine weeks. And, uh, and uh, he's eight months old. And uh, it was interesting having him because, you know, it sort of took over the house, took over our lives, took over everything. And, 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 and being a grumpy old man, I confess, you know, I, I, I kind of like, really, when's the house getting fixed? Where are you really leaving? Oh, shame. Okay, bye. And, uh, and, uh, and, uh, and, and you know what? While I'm doing all of that, I'm missing the precious moments of watching a grandchild change and grow up. And he's never going to be eight months again. You don't get those weeks back because I'm sitting thinking about tomorrow rather than what God is doing now. And, and so Isaiah says, behold, what God is doing now, the work of God that is happening now in the lives of people. I mean, I, I love talking to Jennifer. Um, every so often, she'll send me an email or, or catch me at the door and tell me about some of the people that have come to church. And she'll tell me about some of the stories. And uh, I mean, uh, the, one of the massive things that has happened over the last year is our impact on international students in particular. And then, you know, I think, Jennifer, you sent me an email saying, do you know how many nationalities we've had through the doors in the last three weeks of, what was it, a dozen or more? It, it was like she listed them all. I was like, wow. 
And, and you know, and we miss it. We don't celebrate it because, well, we've got obstacles, we've got problems. We miss what God is doing now. We miss that, that, that infant growing and the work of God in the moment that we see. And, and, and believe it or not, God has been at work doing amazing things in people's lives. Uh, next week, I'm going to hopefully have some folks up here that I'm going to invite people to share. And uh, there, there are so many stories I would love you all to hear. And if you come to the baptisms, you'll hear some more. But, you know, I'm going to ask one or two people, just different people, to share what God's been doing in their lives. Now, it's not all been easy, but God has been there, and it has been now. He has been at work. Samus then goes on and he says, Behold, now God is at work. And he says, Do you not perceive it? This is always an interesting question. Do you not perceive it? What are we perceiving? What do we see? Uh, again, uh, uh, a very kind of telling thing. When, when you look at a situation, what is it do you see when you look at it? And, and, and Isaiah says this, I assume, because people can fail and miss what God is actually doing. They can actually miss how God is working. And he's saying, are you aware of what God is doing? Remember Jesus. Jesus walked around doing all this amazing stuff and remember his biggest complaint, Jesus did complain from time to time, yeah, they're missing it. They're missing it. They don't see it. They don't see that God is at work and he's doing some amazing things here. They're missing it. And, and I believe God's heart for us as a church is that we will have eyes that see, ears that hear, hearts that believe what God is doing. And then actually we'll perceive how God is working. You see, faith sees beyond the visible. Hope reaches beyond the possible. Love that reaches beyond the reasonable. God wants us to be a people who behold. And so I guess the question is, what are we beholding? You know, next week as we come together at the gallery, galleries are not business meetings. I hate the fact that, that, that people often try and shoehorn these things. These are meant to be the coming together of God's people to discern what God is saying to us, for us to perceive together. Sometimes uh, you, you, you don't see things clearly as an individual, and you need other people. Have you ever written an email? I wrote an email a couple of weeks ago. And, and I sent it to a few people before I sent it. Very wise thing to do on some emails. And I said, what do you think? Is it a bit much? And then the, the responses came out, yeah, I wouldn't send that. Mm. <laughs> and, and immediately you knew, okay. <laughs> and then you went back and reread it on the basis of their responses. And suddenly your perception was different and it was changed. And you know, that's why we need one another in terms of the community of God's people, is that we need one another to perceive what God is doing. But the key question is, are you perceiving it? You see, Isaiah is asking. He's saying, behold, look, God is doing a new thing now, and are you perceiving it? 
And then he promises this amazing promise. He says, God is going to establish rivers in the desert. He's going to build paths, and he's going to bring rivers. One of the things, if you've ever been to Israel, is that you'll know when it rains, particularly if you're in the desert, it, uh, it's phenomenal. I actually once took a tour out there in May. I told them all it would never rain, and because uh, it shouldn't rain in May. And uh, that week, Israel had its highest rainfall. In fact, I think it was four times the annual rainfall fell on a single day in May. Just, it was a freak weather. And unfortunately, the first day this happened, it happened twice, which is, yeah, they, they never believe anything I ever say again. But, uh, but the, the first time it happened, we were in the desert. And, and the problem is it doesn't rain in the desert. It rains in Jerusalem, and it's like a roof. Uh, Jerusalem's at 3,000 feet. The Dead Sea is at, and the desert is at uh, 1,500 feet below. So there's a 4,500 feet drop over about 20 miles. So it's like a roof. So when it rains up here, it all floods down into the valley and into the desert. And uh, it was quite scary. It was fun. And I uh, don't think the people that were with me were enjoying themselves quite so much. But, but suddenly, the, the, the desert, and you, there's nothing happening, and the water floods down, and it comes down these ravines, and then bursts out into the desert valley. And the valley floods. And, and this is what Isaiah is describing. He's saying there's going to be a torrent of living water, of grace and mercy and peace. Rivers of healing, restoration, and joy. One of the things I'm, I'm talking about with some of the people on Wednesday morning prayer is, you know, the possibility of starting a healing service that we do every few weeks on the Wednesday morning so people can experience healing. And, and we can actually see miracles, real miracles. God working to transform things. Rivers of healing, restoration, and joy. Waters of wisdom, guidance, and direction. God says, behold, I'm doing a new thing. What is it we are beholding? Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your word. We thank you that you are a God who is at work. We thank you that you are a God of the future. We thank you that you are the God of the new thing. Lord, I thank you that you are a God who is not limited by our experiences and not limited by our past experiences. Lord, I thank you that you are a God of the future. You're a God of innovation and the new thing. And I pray, Lord, that you would make us a people who would discern what you are saying to us, that our hearts would be open to your calling and your guidance that we can realize and see what you are creating around us and how you're working in our lives and in the lives of others. We ask this in your name. Amen.